0: Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at bushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give.
1: Hey, good to see each of you, and happy Super Bowl Sunday, by the way. Man, packed house in here. Uh, there's a lot of sickness out there. When everybody gets well, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're in trouble. Oh, we're blessed. How about that? We're not in trouble. We're blessed. We'll figure that out. All right. Uh, but it is good to see you. We are five weeks in to 2018 already. That's totally amazing to me. But um, wow, time flies. So we're, we're in a series. We started right off the beginning of the year in a series called This Is Us. In the middle of This Is Us, we're looking at This Is Me. Okay. We talked about working on the core because the core individually, the little church, affects the big church, the corporate church. And so what we've done is I began to jump into the purpose statements. We have purpose statements, four of them, as a church. Purpose statements are simply kind of why you do what you do, okay? And so we have four of those, uh, unbeknownst to many of you, okay? But after this, you will know what they are. So I started teaching through them, spending about three weeks on each one. So this is the last... Of the uh, first purpose statement, purpose statement number one for our church is know God, K N O W God, and we looked at part one a couple of weeks ago about the most important thing is that that you will know God, that you will be born again, okay, and then scripturally baptized. It's a cool, you know, you go to a cool church when you have older men consistently get baptized that's that's pretty cool so i'm very excited for that but we talked about being born again jesus told nicodemus you must be born again everybody needs to be born again okay basically simply this when i was doing youth work i used to say if you have two birthdays you're good to go but if you've got one birthday you got work to do all right you, you, meaning, you're born water birthday, but you need to be born of the Spirit. Okay? When you're born of the w- Spirit, you're born again. Okay? You know Jesus as your Savior. Secondly, uh, the second part of that was so that we're born again, now that we're saved, now that we know God, now what do we do? What do we do now? Okay? Well, now we looked at three things last week we jump in the Word. All right, we jump in the word. You gotta get in the word. And I talked about don't try to bite off more than you can chew. I did that one time in a swimming pool, and it was bad. It was bad, bad. Okay, but that's a whole nother story, and I'll probably never tell that story. My wife loves to tell the story, but you can't talk to her anymore. Okay, so. <laughs> But you got to get in the Word. you got to jump into the Word. And so I challenge you as my church, don't try to bite off too much of that. Just get a Bible and get in the Gospel of John. Just get in John. And you walk yourself through John in 2018, chunk at a time until you get it because if you can jump into john 21 chapters in john if you can jump in john in 2018 and chew that you're going to be rich you'll be rich 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 on the side of that so we looked at the word we looked at worship worship is an overflow of knowing god the more you get in His presence the better worshiper you'll be okay you'll begin worshiping in church then you will not be able to stop yourself from worshiping god outside of church okay And you'll get to the point where you don't care who's watching you worship, okay? There's a period in your life where you're like, I'm going to worship, but I don't want anybody to watch me worship. That's gonna be very difficult, okay? So you learn to worship and be okay with the fact that people watch you worship. Then we talked about being disciples or making disciples and that being done in life groups or one-on-one. Okay. So if you're not in a life group, find the life group. We got tables, banners that are red that says life group. If you miss that, you shouldn't be driving. But we can help you find the life group, okay? So today, the last part of know God is simply this: it's twofold. Number one, it's speaking. To God Okay We got that one pretty good Number two is listening To God And that will separate the men from the boys Okay And we'll walk you through that okay. Speaking to God We know speaking to God is simply what It's prayer Prayer is powerful my friend We've seen the power of prayer You've seen the power of prayer in your life You come to know Christ And you're born again through prayer Prayer is a powerful thing. James four eight says, "Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you." That's if you've ever thought about the fact that the God of all creation wants to hang out with you. He wants to hear you. Just think about. It. Just turn to the person next to you and say, "God wants to talk to me. God wants I I, I get to talk to God." God gets to talk to me. I don't have to go through a a, a high priest or I don't have to jump through some dog and pony show to get to God. I don't have to do anything. I can just talk to God. I can talk to God all the time. Prayer is beautiful. Jeremiah 29, 11, 12, and 13. We know 11 real well. 11, we have it all over our house. For I know the thoughts or the plans that I have for you says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then listen to verse 12 and 13. These are the the big ones. Then you will call on me. Basically, then you will pray to me. Okay? Go and pray to me. You will call on me, and I will listen to you. That is God saying, if my child will call on me, will pray to me, I will listen to him or her. And you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I mean, if God wants you to draw near to him. If God wants you to seek him, if God wants you to find him, if God wants you to speak to him, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing it? I, 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 I say this. There, there's, there's a group of people in every church that they have crisis church attendance. When there's a crisis, they come to church... When there's not a crisis, they don't go to church. I find that people pray the same way. God, my house is on fire. I'll do whatever you want me to do, but can you just put the fire out? And God's like, listen, dude, I'm going to put the fire out, but if you don't start talking to me before the fire starts, I'm going to put you on fire, okay? God's like, why are you always tying a prayer knot and hanging on? Why can't we just talk daily? Why can't you just sit with me and talk to me? I I created you to hang out with you, but you avoid me unless there's a crisis. Why? Why? Hebrews 4.12. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time and need. Come boldly to the throne. As a child of the king, as a, as a child of the one true God with the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we ought to come boldly to the throne. I mean, as a child of the king, you come and ask. You come and ask. You come and speak to the Father. You come confidently. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says this. Now this is a confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked him of. The confident that he heard us. I mean, I, I, I meet people sometimes, they say, well, preacher, I, I, I tried that prayer thing, it didn't work. First of all, it's not a prayer thing, okay? It's not a prayer thing, okay? And, and maybe the reason that your prayer thing isn't working is because you've got, Don, you've got God on a performance-based prayer. I'll pray to you if I see something quick. If I don't see something quick, I ain't praying no more. Well, first of all, y'all need to switch seats, Because I don't know that you understand exactly who you're talking to. God does not operate on your timetable. You operate on His. And you address Him not as the man upstairs, (laughs) but as God. And you ask the Father. And the Father says, if you ask in my name, according to my will, it will be done. For many of us, what we ask for is not lining that with God's will. Or the heart in which we ask from is not aligning that with his will. Some of us have some stuff in us that needs to come out of us before we ever take that heart to the Father and ask anything. I, I teach prayer or how to pray in four simple little letters. And I call them the acts of prayer. And I want to go through them real fast. The acts of prayer. Number one is adoration. When you begin your prayer time, don't start it with your list. No. Don't start it with a list. Start it with praise. If you could walk In, sit down, come before the Father and start with adoration of praise, my friend. It'll change you. It'll change you. You say, well, I I, I can't really worship unless I have some music. Oh yeah, you can. Because he said he'll put a song in you and your job is to sing it. And so you need practice. The Lord knows I do. So you need to start singing it. You need to start praising it. You need to start praising him at the beginning of prayer. When you start your prayer time, you just simply say, Father, I just praise you and I thank you. And you just let it roll from there. And you'll be surprised what's in you. You'll be surprised. Just let it come. From there, your adoration will go to confession. Because you can't praise him for who he is and not see yourself for who you are. Watch the pattern you got to praise him for who he is, and then you see yourself for who you are. You see, a heart that begins to praise him will be a heart that crumbles at the lack of forgiveness towards a brother. And you'll confess that and get it right. And then, out of God's leading through the Holy Spirit, you may or may not go to the brother and make it right. Okay? And the reason I say may or may not, some are already in the grave. But they're not free. You haven't set them free, right? We'll talk about that more next week. But you got to adoration leads to confession. Then leads to what? Thankfulness. When you see yourself, when you see him and you see yourself, all you can do is say thank you. All you can do is say thank you. All you can do is say thank you. And from that, my friend, leads to supplication. Supplication is simply what? Asking. He said, well, I always start with my list and then get to all the other stuff. Guess what? I know you, because I know me. You start with your list, you never get anywhere else. And you know what you do? If you start with your list, you remind God what's still on your list. God is still on my list. Been praying a year. Won't you praise me for a year, and I'll shorten that list like you ain't never seen. You see, what happens is, We want to tell him what we need, how we need it, when we need it, because we need it. And then he's on this short track of of passing a semester exam. And if he doesn't pass it, then guess what? You hold that against him and remind him all the time. That's not God. That's not your God. That's not the good, good father. God says, I know your needs before you ever ask. You know why he says that? So you'll spend more time praising him. Some of us think we need to help God with our list. He knows your list. He knows your needs. He knows what you need. Why don't you spend more time telling yourself he, who he is in your life, what adoration of praise. And then if you don't get to your list because all you can do is praise, that's okay. Guess what? He already knows your needs before you ever ask. And he really knows them better. So speaking to God, speaking to God is prayer. And we're pretty good at that. But here's the one I want to cover That is a real, real, real big, big, big deal. And that is listening to God. Let me, before I jump, I want to, I want you to kind of get this in your head. When was the last time that you, as an individual, heard God's voice? See how silent that got? That's when he speaks his loudest. When was the last time you heard God's voice? Because I I, I bump into people all the time and I have conversation with people all the time and they say, Jeff, I'm sorry, brother, but, but God has spoken once and he doesn't speak anymore. And I just simply say, I am so sorry for you. I'm sorry. They believe that this word right here is God's spoken word, which it is, and that he doesn't speak anymore. Well, the problem is there is tons and tons of scripture in the spoken word of God that says he is still speaking today. So I'm not 100% sure what they're doing with the word that is spoken that isn't speaking, but it is still speaking. And for somebody to be such an expert on the spoken word of God that the spoken word of God is not speaking anymore, they sure aren't listening because he's still speaking. And I don't care how good a coffee shop you're in; that still messes up some good coffee. Just <laughs> telling you, right? Right off the bat, in, in Psalms, we see Psalm forty-six, ten, and it simply says, "Be still and know that I am God." Yeah. Be still, still, not moving. Or making a sound. Deep silence, calm. Stillness, quietness, hush. Quiet. It's the absence of noise. Mm. Make or become silent. The great theologian, Winnie the Pooh, said this: "Never underestimate the value of doing nothing." Some of y'all are like you preach that, All right? I'm not talking about work ethic here. Okay, I'm talking about sitting and listening to God. This, listen to me. We live in a world of enormous amount of noise. We wake up to noise, or we work up by noise, okay? And we live in noise all day, and then we go to bed to noise. And we have missed the greatest, greatest, greatest thing that God has for us, and that's to be still and quiet and listen to him. You have, you have to turn yourself off in order to hear God. And turning yourself off is hard. Do you know that? It is a learned discipline. But as much as it is a learned discipline, the enemy knows that some of his most profound things that he wants to say to you, he wants to say in silence. See, we're good with God if He thunders. And we're good with God if He sends lightning. And we're real good with God if He sends an earthquake and shakes our life. But can I tell you that one of the sweetest times that you'll ever have with the Father, and one of the most profound things that God will do in your life, is when He speaks to you in the stillness of His voice. But it's hard to get there, folks. Because you've got to be able to turn yourself off and turn God on. And this world and the system that is set up by the enemy does not want you to get there. It doesn't. It does not want you to get there. You have to you have to get still first. When you tell someone to get still and listen to God, you think you have beating them with the Louisville slugger. Just sit and be still. They can't do it. You can't do it. I was in college, and I was a sophomore. And I want you to understand that I had two thrones in my life, or two high places in my life, The high place that I told you I had, or the real throne in my life, I would have told you was Jesus. But the truth of the thrones in my life were two of them. And neither one of them were Jesus. I had an altar that I had resurrected over here on the left, and this was my family. And my life dictated how my, my life was dictated by how my family was doing. If my family's good, I'm good. If my family look good, I look good. And we look good. We were in church all the time. Did We look good. Over here on this side, I had the altar of sports, or for me, baseball. And that was a big deal for me. And if my family was good, I worshiped. And if baseball was good, I worshiped. And if you were to ask me, Jeff, what's the most important thing in your life? Jesus. Jesus. I was a good little trained up, a Bible belt little Christian boy. And I knew, I knew the answer to give. And I knew that my ultimate altar should have been the altar of the Lord that I came and fell to. God to tell you this, that wasn't it. And God knew that. And so one day... In September of 87 this altar over here crashed. Just crashed. My family's tore apart. Parents divorced ugly, nasty. It's bad. Over here, 6 months later, dead arm. Couldn't break glass if I stand in front of it. I was trimming pine trees in left field like a man, like a tree service. I'd hang curveball. Phoom. I had I, my, I needed a chiropractor for my neck. I was keeping getting so many home runs. They were just ripping, ripping me. My coach said, "What's wrong with you?" I said, "I don't know." He goes, "You need to take two weeks off and run." So I just ran for two weeks, let my arm rest. I came back, continued to have problems, continued to have problems, and then I finally went to a doctor. He said, "I need to, I need to cut on your elbow." You got junk in there. You got a lot of bone chips, man. They're bad. That's why I swell up every time. Every time you throw, you're dead arm. You got a lot of damage in your elbow. At the same time, God was beginning to call me to student ministry. And I had all this family stuff, and I had baseball f- crumbling over here, and my two man-made altars were crumbling. And my fake altar that I said I had in the middle <laughs> wasn't much. So I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. Well, I guess I should pray. So I started praying. But God, I don't know what to do. This is not helping because I just keep praying the same things that you already know are going on. He says, well, get in my word. So I said, oh, I got to get in the word. So I got in the word. I was just in the word like a good little boy. And then all of a sudden I was like, that ain't doing no good. Well, turn on some worship. So I turned on some worship. So I had prayer. I had word. I had worship. and And I couldn't. I mean, I was a basket case. More confused before I ever started. And it was like God sat down on the foot of my bed and he said, Jeff, what I really need from you is I really need you to shut up. And at first I got offended. And then he said, I want you to close your Bible. I want you to turn that radio off. I want you to zip your lips. I want you to get in your car and I want you to drive. I want you to go sit out there on Lake of the Pines right there on the dam. And I I want to talk to you. And I'm like, well, don't I need to pray? No. Well, don't I need a Bible? No. Well, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to sit. So at that moment in my life, for the very first time ever, did I go and sit before God. And I want to tell you, for the first 10 or 15 minutes, I was a nervous wreck. I was fidgety, man, because I was always taught that you're supposed to do stuff. And I wasn't doing anything. And I started to pray, and I got, don't you talk. And I just sat, and I sat. And here's the only thing I prayed. God, help me to be still so I can hear your voice above all the other voices that are screaming at me right now. And can I tell you this? There's one road into that place, and I was sitting at the bridge, and no cars went over it. And I sat there, and the moon glowed on that lake, And I saw those little ducks swimming, and I just sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there. And can I tell you, for the first time in my whole life, all the fog, all the static, all the voices, all the stuff screaming at me disappeared, and I heard one voice, heard one voice. And God said, Jeff Ponder, I've written your name, my name on your heart. I have a plan for your life. It does not entail these two altars that you made for me. You're to erect an altar to the Lord. And I'm going to do more than you could ever think or imagine through you. You die daily and I'll live through you. I said, God, I can't speak. You're not supposed to speak. I'll speak through you. Well, I'm going to stutter. You're not going to stutter. I can't read. I'll read for you. I can't do it. I can't do it. He said, I'll do it. And from that point right there, the rest of my life took off. But let me tell you something. It didn't happen in church. It didn't happen in the word. I'm not dogging the word. It didn't happen in prayer and I'm not dogging prayer. It didn't happen in worship but I'm not dogging worship. I'm just telling you that those are avenues to know God but God's number one way for you to really intimately know him is to sit still and quiet before him and hear his voice. You remember back when they had CBs? My granddad worked for the Coast Guard in South Texas off duty, part time. I remember going to fishing with him and every once in a while, I'd be in the boat and we'd hear this. Uh, Big Mo, Big Mo, you got your ears on? And my granddad would say, 10 4. You know what God's saying? Child, 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 you got your ears on? You know what he wants to hear back? Ten four. Ten 4. 10 That means, I'm here, speak. I'm here, speak. Real fast, Exodus 33, 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses. What did He do to Moses? He spoke to Moses, face to face as a man speaks to his friends. Look at John 6: 6, 6, John 6:63. 6, "It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. You know why we're starving and hungry, malnourished? Because we've not heard God speak in a long time. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. John 10, 27. Watch this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Mm. First of all, in order to hear his voice, you've got to be a sheep. Amen? Somebody say, I've never heard God. Ask yourself this. First, are you sheep? Are you sheep? If the answer that just came is I don't know, I'm not sure, I think so, Let me help you with this. That's no. That's no and you can't say it. If I were to ask you if that was your son, you'd pretty much know that was your son. Are you sheep? Because if you are sheep, then you will hear his voice. Simple. Simple. And if you hear his voice, he says, I know them. And here's what happens: your sheep, you hear his voice, he knows you, and guess what you do? You follow him. You follow him. That's just it's just simple. You take the whole gospel and take it all down into one verse, John 10:27. You gotta be a sheep. You got to hear his voice. He'll know you, and you follow him. So, when you take this and you put it all down into one simple question, here's the only question that you have to answer as an individual What did God say? What did God say? When I sit with God, and I begin to study, or I sit with God to to get direction for the church, or because my job is to lead and to feed, okay? When I'm sitting with God, I can sit for just a certain amount of time, okay? Not for four or six hours, maybe for one or two hours. And I got to come up for air. And here's what I do. When I sense God has spoken, and I hear his voice, I do what I call Walk it out. Let me show you what walk it out means for me. I don't want you to laugh at me. Okay. When I walk it out with God, it's like I go out. I got to be outside. So I'll walk or I'll mow or I'll go run. And the whole time I'm doing that, it's like I'm doing this. Just. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to shake Jeff off and anything that sticks is of God that makes sense see emotions in you nobody knows you better than God and you and so you know who you are and your tendencies and you know how you can take what God said or didn't say and twist it and make it yours and you can say it and call it God and all this other stuff but if you'll listen and he'll speak and then because you know who you are and how you are if you'll go walk this out or shake it off Anything that sticks, it's God. Because here's what I've learned. When God says it, he like says, come on back. Beep, 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 beep. And he'll say, A cement truck starts pumping that cement out. It comes down that chute and it just goes all around you. Because what God says to you, He pours concrete on it and it sticks. And then you walk out of there, and here's the answer you have to have for some people. And they say, why are you doing this? Because God said, do it. It doesn't matter what all the voices say then. It matters what His voice says. And you will confidently walk in that. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. You just have to know that's the voice of God. I ask people all the time. They say, Well, I talk to my granddad, talk to my grandma, talk to my mom, talk to my dad, talk to my coach, talk to my teacher, talk to my preacher, talk to my youth pastor, talk to my neighbor. And I still don't know what to do. I said, What did God say? I don't know. I don't know. And I'll look him in the eye and say, For the love of Jesus, don't do anything then. Until you know it's God. And either it won't be of God or it will be of God. And if it's not of God, let it go. And if it is God, then follow me. Follow him. Follow him. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, church. So this morning four things and one question Are you sheep? Are you born again? Are you sheep? What needs to If you are sheep, what needs to change so you can hear him? All right? So he will know you, okay? He knows you, okay? And if you are sheep and you've heard his voice, are you following him? Because the proof of the fact that you've heard God is that you follow him. If you're not gonna follow him, (laughs) I don't mean to be mean, but quit wasting his time. In your personal life, Ask God right where you sit this morning. Just simply say, God, speak to me. I want you to speak to me. I want to be able to know what you say to me. And then, God, I want to go do it. So just a little bit, we're going to pray and we're going to stand. And if you don't know him, if you're not sheep, you come this morning and become sheep. If there needs to be some things that need to fall off of your life, busyness, unforgiveness, whatever, come to the altar, shake that junk off so that you can hear him better. Or maybe you just need to confess that you have not been obedient to what you know God is saying to you. And you're going to start obeying him today. So, Father, this morning, the only thing that's important in this room right now is what did God say? Father, by the Holy Spirit of God, I pray you spoke that to us. And, God, I pray you move us now for your honor, for your glory.
0: In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from The Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using The Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.